Diane Simonelli, she had COVID-like symptoms. They took tests, but she never got results. But nevertheless, uh, today, uh, last night, the healing angel passed by, and all of that's gone away, and she's rejoicing today. Sister Jeannie Camp is reporting the same, that it's all just the, the, the symptoms are all just subsiding and leaving. God's the healer. Came by Sister Linda Oglesby's there and took away a sciatic condition she'd been suffering with for, for days. I tell you, you can expect the, what is man calls impossible. Because with God, there is nothing impossible. And with you as a believer, there's nothing impossible. All things are possible. Only believe. Now, I'm going to go into a sermon today, a service. And you will think, Brother Timothy and I have been collaborating and talking. He didn't even know what my title was to just a few moments ago. And we've not spoke a thing. But as it unfolds today, you'll see that he caught the very channel of inspiration. So as we go to the Lord today, if you've got a need in your heart and life, and I know there's many, many listening in, there's situations up in Johnson City where they're not able to have church, snowstorm come in over at Brother Ron's, dumped a lot of snow there. They don't have service this morning. They're joining in with us. Many others are tuning in today from around the world and And God knows what your situation is and what your problem is. You don't even have to be here physically in this building because there's somebody that is greater than a physical presence. He's omnipresent. He's there for you and whatever need that you have as the Holy Spirit sweeps across the land today and speaks to heart and lives. Let him speak to you. Let him reveal himself through the word. Let him reveal, I want to heal you more than what you even think. I want to show myself real to you more than what you even think. I want to give you the Holy Ghost more than what you can even desire it. I want to give you every divine blessing. It is yours. You just reach out and receive it today. Amen. The word preach has to be mixed with faith in them that hear it. So mix it with faith today as we talk to the Lord now. If you've got a need, raise your hand to him. Father, with their heads bowed, they raise their hands because they're not raising it to me. They raise it to the almighty God who is more than able, who is more than a conqueror, who conquered death, hell, and the grave. Oh, God, who defeated every sickness when he rose up on that third day. Who took with him to hell every trouble, every problem that we could ever have as our sins was laid upon him. And he is the scapegoat, descended down into the regions of the lost and of the damned. And he overcame death, hell, and the grave. Rose again triumphant. And we're not preaching just a crucified Christ today, but a risen Christ. And we are here to show forth the power of his resurrection in this hour, in this time, to this people. And more than that, Lord, more than just a resurrection and then ascension and you went away. 
but you came back again on the day of Pentecost to come and dwell your people to empower them that they could overcome in mortal bodies yes Lord we live in this flesh but greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world so therefore we overcome the world the flesh and the devil oh God we'll even overcome death itself because like you we're more than conquerors I pray now Father that you'll bless your people heal them even as the word goes forth may that quickening power just reach down into their heart and that faith reach up and take a hold of the promise for their healing and for their deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ we ask it amen and amen God bless you turn with me to Luke chapter 18 and we'll read from verse 1 amen we appreciate the musicians and songs that were sung amen and comes from dedicated hearts and and consecrated lives and we appreciate that Luke chapter 18 verse 1 and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought to always pray and not to faint saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God nor neither regarded men And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what this this unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? And I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to be speaking this morning on that little faith woman. And in a little while, I'll read a quote from God of this evil age from which I will, have, will take my title from today. But the Bible lets us know that its promises are only to those that diligently seek him. And the, Jesus would tell us that from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. And other translations will say it this way. And from the days of the John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault and violent men cease it by force. As a precious prize, a share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. And then again, another translation says it this way. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of kingdoms, heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of its power. Amen. So if you look in this, you can, you can see even from the words of Jesus of, of how that a woman was coming to the judge with a persistent faith in believing and knowing that the judge was going to answer his, her request. 
And, and again, you know, as it, we read, the, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth. And I thought about it as I read that of how that it has burst forth in this age. Like in 1906, it came with an outpouring of the Holy Ghost on Azusa Street and a passionate people took hold of its power. As I passed through the countryside the other day, I went into rural areas right up on the edge of Arkansas and, the, and well, it actually was at Three Creeks, just, um, on, just across the border. And I thought of other, other times that I've read some of the historical uh, events of this area and how that the Holy Ghost had moved and, and um, people had, had responded to the call of God and there was little churches that raised up are these fanatics called Pentecostals. And, and so now as I, as I was coming through Tree of Three Creeks, I looked there and I saw um, an assembly of God church, no doubt a, a remnant of what was left over from that revival. And, 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 and of course, as you come down through Cotton Valley, there's two of them in that little small hamlet of a town. But nevertheless, it just shows you that that um, even from that revival, there were passionate people at that time that took a hold of its power. And over and over again, it has burst forth into this last age where it's happened again in in 1909 when the pillar of fire hung over a little baby crib and and a cabin in rural Kentucky. And then a greater portion would happen again in 1933 on the Ohio River and would scream out as John the Baptist forerun the first coming of Christ. You're sent with a message to forerun the second coming of Christ. Then in 1946, it materialized in the form of an angel and from there it burst forth into healing and, and then discernment and then again, uh, the seven angels would burst forth from other dimensions and bring the revelation of the seven thunders that are contained in the seven seals. And even Brother Branham would make note of this and seed not air with the shuck. He said at the opening of the seven seals, Revelation 10, the full word is born in the manifestation again. I want you to pay attention to that because again, he speaks of the full word is to, is to be born into manifestation again. And vindicated by the Spirit of God in full strength as it was when he was here on the earth. Manifested in the same way. Doing the same things as that it did when he was here on earth. Again, Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it is bursting forth from the, from the forerunner even until now. And I'm going to just tell you, passionate people must lay hold on it. And when violent men seize it by force as a precious prize, a a share in the heavenly kingdom, it's sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. Again, Brother Branham was told um, very clearly by a prophecy given through Danny Henry where it was spoken French and another um, interpreted. And and, um, it was interpreted that a huge portion of heaven awaits you. And I just want to say to you today, this is what awaits us all. It's a huge portion of the heavenly realm. Heaven consists of its word. 
and the word, not just a theology, but the word in his power. Amen. A huge portion of heaven awaits you and, and there are violent men, men and women with a passion, with a drive on the inside of them that are pressing in. Amen. They're exerting everything that they have. They're pressing in into the spirit realm. They want more of God than, uh, than they have ever had. They're experiencing more of God than, than ever. They are not satisfied with just church anity. They're not satisfied with just sitting on a pew. But they want to know God in his fullness. Amen. There's a rapture to be acquired and to be attained. There's a body change. There's a resurrection of the saints that lay right before us. This is a great hour that we're living. And remember when we're speaking about the kingdom of heaven... We're not, uh, we're not talking about the sweet by and by. Amen. We are speaking of the Holy Ghost. That is the heavenly kingdom. That's the heaven that we acquire now. That portion of heaven is in the Holy Ghost. A huge portion then of the Holy Ghost is ours. To be the bride, we share with Christ in this supernatural kingdom. And it requires that violent men and women lay hold on what is theirs and then take hold of the heavenly realm for the full word has now come and been born into manifestation. Now Jesus likened us to a persistent woman who will never give up. If you notice this parable is given and that Jesus is likening the kingdom of heaven. He is likening us to a persistent woman, to a woman who will never give up. This is hers. This is her inheritance. Amen. And and so she has no earthly husband to attain it for her, but she's not giving up on it. She's pressing through. She's going to attain it. And he realizes, uh, you know, with this woman, she will not give up. She will not quit until I'm avenged of mine enemy. I tell you, that ought to be you today. When you look at your enemy, I will not give up until my enemy is defeated. Till I have complete victory on him and I get back what he stole from me. Amen. I will not sit down. I will not be placid. I will not be complacent. Amen. But I will press in with everything that I got until I attain everything the word of God described for me to have. The bride must be a persistent woman who lay holds on the promise. Now Satan wants to try to make us now just all word. And no spirit are all spirit and no truth. Because he wants to change us from true worship. Now, there was a time that the church in the Azusa state was in danger of taking the anointing and its emotion and rejecting truth. Let me say that again. There was a time that the church in the Azusa stage was in danger of taking the anointing and its emotion and rejecting truth. You find this, Laodicea, he will be rejected. Is that right? Standing on the outside of the church, knocking, trying to get in. And so you hear 
the prophet warning against taking the emotion and the anointing only and rejecting the word. So during those times, we learned how that the true, genuine anointing could anoint false seed. Amen. But the anointing was never the problem. Do you hear what I'm saying? It was the seed that was attacked. The anointing is vital. It is important for without it, the seed can never germinate or come to life. So it was never the anointing that was the problem. The rain was sent for the wheat. The problem was there were tear rejoicing in it too. Amen. Now, so again, don't ever strike at the anointing. Strike at the false seed who is responding to the anointing, but yet, yet are false seed bringing forth the false doctrine. Now, the warning against taking the spirit only or the emotion is not valid in our case. I, I want that to go across the land. I want it to go right here in this church. The warning against taking the spirit only or emotion only is not valid in our case. We are not rejectors of the word. Amen. We have embraced the word. The whole word. We have, we have not rejected the open book. We believe. We are ardent believers, fervent believers, solid believers, and we believe all the word. Amen. So the warning against taking the spirit only or emotion only is not valid in our case. It's not even talking to us whatsoever because we're not about to trade the word for some emotion. Amen. But neither do we want the word without power. Because the true word will always have power. So, so again, as, as I said, we have not rejected. Now, it is just as dangerous to reject the anointing as it is to reject the word. True worship must be done in spirit and in truth. You see, those who true worshipers, who, who are the true worshipers, worship in spirit and in truth. Not just one or the other, or one without the other, but both of them. Now, the word without the spirit kills. It brings death. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Is that right? So yet you can find where Brother Branham corrected both. He corrected taking the word without the spirit. And he condemned having preachers without anointing. Amen. He condemned, um, he condemned salvation without an experience. Confessions without tears. He called them dry-eyed confessions. He condemned churches without miracles. Saying if God be with us, then where are the miracles? Amen. He told us over and over again that preaching was not teaching, but demonstrating the word with his power. He spoke against churches who were morgued, saying Jesus wasn't there because anywhere Jesus is, there's noise. Yet at the same time, he warned against bubble dancing with empty emotion while rejecting the word. He condemned having miracles. All the, all the while denying truth. 
because he referred to Jesus' word saying, many will come to me in that day saying, we have done many mighty miracles in my name and, and yet they were workers of iniquity. He condemned jumping and shouting while not living the life. But he said, it's all right to jump. Amen, but just jump as as high as you live. Well, I say if you're living that high, then that's all you can jump. If you're living this high, that's all you can jump. If you're living this high, that's all you can jump. If you're living this high, you got a long ways to jump. Amen. But I want to say it again. We are not word rejecters. You tell me one word we reject. And neither will we reject the spirit and its anointing. In fact, our problem around the message today is not having the dynamics without the word. Amen. It's because we went off the opposite direction of wanting just theology of the message while rejecting the dynamic power of the Holy Ghost. In fact, Brother Branham told us uh, that too much stress was on the mechanics and, not a, and nothing on the dynamics. Those were his words. He said it needs the dynamic power of God, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ upon the church to, to manifest, to bring to pass that this is gasoline. So the church must be one that has both the dynamics and the mechanics. Now, this is what he proved, as he says, and it is the rising of the suns. What Easter proved, he wasn't only the word, but he was God himself, the dynamics in the word. Notice, not just the word, but God himself, the dynamics in the word. That made the body of Jesus Christ cold, still dead in the grave, shit to life again, and roll away the stone. I am he that was dead. He was so dead till the sun said he was dead. The moon said he was dead. The stars said he was dead. All nature said he was dead. And now the whole world has to recognize he's alive again. And he was not only the mechanics, God's word, but he was the dynamics to prove it. And he being a part of being the groom and the bride has to come forth because it's a part of him. Now, would you listen? And it can only be the manifestations. Wait, wait. Manifestations. Say it with me. Manifestations of the fulfilling of all the revelations that any other spoke of the bride. It can only manifest if it does something different from the groom. It isn't the bride. Because she's flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, life of his life, power of his power. She is him. As the man and woman are one and the woman taken from his side, she had taken a spirit, the feminine spirit from him, the flesh from his side, made both mechanics and dynamics, the wife, the spirit of him and the flesh of him put together and made mechanics and dynamics. Now, all he said, and he said, until the church of the people, all these Easter bunnies, ceremonies, big churches, and fineries, in other words, denominational theories and fiction, it will all fail and pass away. But until that church becomes both dynamics and mechanics, and the Spirit of God that moved him to do this, the things that he did, if he hit on 16 cylinders, so will the bride. Amen. For he said, John 14, 12, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. I'll give him charge, a charge of my dynamics in his mechanics 
and the world will not be able to withstand it. I'll raise him up at the last day. That's the Easter message. The dynamics and the mechanics together. The mechanics without dynamics, no good. Neither is dynamics without the mechanics. You can scream and shout and jump up and down all you want to and deny this word. It won't do any good. You're just cranking around on the pistons. You've got spark there to fire, but no gasoline to fire by. It'll only come, it'll only work as they come together. Amen. So one will sit still and one will go up. I don't know about you, but I want to be the one that goes up. Amen. And in order to do it, the dynamics of this church will be what a refilling of the Holy Ghost. That we only worked in small measure while while the, the body was growing up. But now we come to the full power of the Holy Ghost. The full power to where it will raise the dead, change our bodies, and translate us from this dimension to another. Now, so again, he says it won't move no matter how good the mechanics is until the dynamics come. When the dynamics come, that's the fire is made to connect that octane and the gasoline. And when that explodes, this causes a combustion. And that combustion moves every motion, every move, for he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the resurrection. That's the real power of God. Mechanics with the dynamics. Notice it's the spirit that quickens. It's the spark that fires. It's not the gas that fires. It's the spark that fires the gas. You can do nothing without me, but with me you can do all things. And he is the word. It's the father living. The father sent me, so send I you. As the Father fired me and pushed me into everything, I do only that which is pleasing to God. As he sent me, so send I you with the same mechanics and it takes the same dynamics to operate it. And these signs shall follow them that claim to have the mechanics. The dynamics will take place. Paul said the gospel came to us not in word only, through gasoline only, but through spark also. To make it move, there you are. It came to us in that manner. Amen. That's the way it's got to be here in this last day. In the same manner. The dynamics and the mechanics together. Amen. Remember, not words and rejectors, not anointing rejectors. Amen. Amen. But both of them together. Hallelujah. When it does, it causes a combustion. Amen. Something bursts forth. The power rises up out of that church. Amen. Amen. Now, when he went to Calvary, remember, he went with you in him. God never had separated the bride from the groom yet. So when God looked down upon the body of Christ, he saw both male and female. It was all redeemed in that one body. They are one same, same word. The same word spoke of the groom speaks of the bride. Amen. How can the bride come and fail to manifest everything was promised of him and the groom come and he wouldn't be the bride. But when he did everything, even to prove it by raising himself up from the dead afterwards, then don't the bride have to do the same thing? Have to be exactly what the word said she would be in the last day? Don't she have to return through Malachi 4? What is it? Amen. Returning back to the faith of the Pentecostal fathers. 
Amen. Don't she have to be manifested like she was in the days of Sodom? So shall it be when the Son of Man, the Word, is revealed? Don't the world have to be exactly like it is? Isn't these things a perfect identification of the Word of God made known to us? Amen. Now, throughout the Bible, there are stories of women who would persist. And I want you to remember they are prophecies. We're looking at the Bible as historical. Or a nice story. Or the story, the genealogy of the Jewish people. It's your genealogy. Amen. It's prophesying of you. Of an end time people. Amen. And so, again, I'm going to repeat. The, they, they were prophecies. Let me repeat these quotes. Brother Branham said, and him being the groom, the bride has to come forth because it's a part of him. And it can only be, this is the only thing it can be, is the manifestation of the fulfilling of all the other revelations. Others spoke of the bride. So you see, though Sarah didn't know it, she was talking about, she was prophesying of an end time people. Though Ruth didn't know it, she was doing more than just uh, fulfilling a few pages in the Bible. Come on, church. It's more than just the history of the ancient church or ancient Israel and the king line. It's our line. It's our word. It's our promise. It's our prophecy. This is thus saith the Lord concerning a people in the last day. Now, as we are saying this, the same word then that spoke of the groom also spoke of the bride. So then how can you deny John 14, 12 being to the bride of Christ? Amen. The works that I do shall you do also in greater than these. How can the bride come and fail to manifest everything promised of him? And the groom come. And, he wouldn't be, and she wouldn't be the bride. But when he did everything, even proving it by raising himself up from the day of afterwards, then don't the bride have to do the same thing? Don't she have to raise up in a resurrection? You see, the word cannot be without manifestation. Otherwise, otherwise, it's just a creed or a dogma or historical or a nice story. It has to have manifestation to be word. There has to be the gasoline there, the word, full octane power. Amen. The word born in the full, in the full manifestation. Amen. But it has to have manifestation in order for it to be word. Now, Jesus asked this question. When I return to earth, will I find faith? There's got to be a great church full of faith. And God did things in our age to stimulate faith, to cause us to believe. Amen. Now, so this, this is exactly where we're at. And not only that, but our faith is dead without manifestation. You see, your faith must be known by its works. 
Amen. This is why we're putting the emphasis not just on having faith, but also the works that accomplish that faith. Faith bringing the word into manifestation. See, Jesus never did say, would I find righteousness or will I find people living good? There's going to be thousands of millions, multitudes without number that have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made them white. Amen. Good people that, that were over in the white throne judgment, they're, they're given life. They're led into living waters. Amen. But Jesus asked, when I return, will I find faith? Amen. And, and Brother Brandon said, some, somebody, they say, oh, I got faith. He said, well, faith without works is dead. Will I find somebody who will stand at my word and say, every word is right. Amen. Oh, yes, every word is right. I say amen to every word Brother Brandon said when he was correcting the emotion while they were rejecting the word. I say Amen. And praise God to every time that he speaks about emotion. Amen. And rejoicing in truth. Amen. And, and, and accepting the word. But you see, but, but, but you see, your faith without works is dead faith. Well, I find someone who will stand and say, every word is right. Don't just preach to me one side of this. Every word is right. Man will live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, he said, uh, I'm not scared whether this one says so or that says so or nothing. I believe in God. I'm accepting. I'm standing right there on it. That's the thing. God's preparing a church to be saved just as he did in the days of Noah and that ark. And the body of Christ today is that ark. So, you see, down through the ages we find in the Bible the faith of God within these women that prevailed. And so it is faith and and the anointing that Satan wants to kill. So notice this. You know, he, 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 of course, comes and attacks the word, but the way he attacks the word is by coming against his power. Amen, because he knows that a powerless gospel will never defeat him. So what Satan will come along and do, he, after the word is revealed, he'll take the knowledge of it to kill with it. And he will exalt the knowledge over the supernatural revelation that brought it. So in Christ's mystery, Brother Brandon said, what is the denomination trying to do? Exalt itself like Luther. They so call themselves the church, the bride, which they are in Revelation 17, spoke of the false bride. Above, they exalt themselves above Christ's little flock, the bride. Lucifer thinks and exalts himself above the humble word of God's truth by the knowledge of the revelation. And it's placed himself by seminary education and theology until they've got themselves up. And if you don't belong to their group, then you're an outwash. So this is what the devil does. He comes along and he exalts. He hears the word preached. And he takes the revelation that is now knowledge and exalts that knowledge 
over the supernatural revelation. So you see, this is what he wants to do. Take knowledge and, a, and exalt it over revelation. You see, revelation brings knowledge. What happened when the opening of the seven seals happened? It brought us knowledge, didn't it? Brought us knowledge of who the horse rider was. It brought us knowledge of how they changed their colors and what that meant. It brought us knowledge about the souls under the altar. It brought us knowledge about the multitude without number and the 144,000. It broke the silence on the seventh seal. Right? Amen. So you see, revelation brings knowledge, but revelation can only come by the Spirit and it's anointing and when it comes, it's wine and it's stimulating. And there is a whole lot of difference, other, uh, difference between receiving knowledge and revelation. Because when it is revelation, it is a wine of stimulation. And there's a warning that comes out from the Spirit that says, hurt not the oil and the wine. Don't you touch that. You're cursed if you touch the oil and the wine. If you touch the stimulation, that is to accompany revelation. Amen. That you're under a curse from Almighty God. Do not touch the oil and the wine. It's the warning of the Spirit to Satan. It's the warning of the Spirit to every preacher. Don't you dare try to serve this up without the oil and the wine. Because without it, it's death. It's a hybrid knowledge. It's the passing on of knowledge that comes from intellectual men and teaching rather than the Holy Spirit and his power of anointing. Now, you see, as I said, revelation brings knowledge. But once it's revealed... Satan can take the knowledge of the revelation and exalt it over the revelation itself. So all of a sudden, having the knowledge is greater than the revelation, which is supernatural. Revelation doesn't come from, from being schooled and learned or being taught. Revelation comes from the Holy Ghost quickening the word to your life. Are you with me now? So once revealed, Satan can take the knowledge of the revelation and exalt it over the revelation itself. Then you have knowledge without revelation. Truth without life and word without power. Word without manifestation. A letter that kills. This is what people want to do today. Preachers are guilty of taking the word and trying to kill the anointing. Now, the revelation came with power. It came from seven mighty angels. It was not a learned knowledge. 
Day by day in the presence of the pillar of fire, the seals were taken off the book. It was not a teaching, it was a supernatural revelation. Amen, but after the revelation came, then Satan took the knowledge and built denominational camps with it. Deity camp, return ministry camp, thunder camps, Perusia camp, two soul camps, and now the tape only camp. Amen, just personality cults. Why? Because that's the way the devil does. Exalts the personality instead of the word. Instead of God. Personality cults. By taking the knowledge of the revelation and exalting it over the word, which is spirit. Jesus said the words I speak, they are spirit and life. So it produces a group of people with knowledge of it without the revelation of it. And when it does, it produces a dogma instead of the Holy Spirit. And people receive an organizational spirit that then fights against the Holy Spirit. And this produces hybrid children. Mongolizing the offspring. Now, but in all of this, there is a woman that has more than a knowledge of the truth. Amen, that wants more than anything, the life of the truth. And she is not satisfied with empty promises. Amen, she's not satisfied with empty promises, unfulfilled promises. Amen, this is the way this woman was. She had a promise and she's coming to the judge. I've got a promise, I've got a right to be here. But he wasn't going to give it to her until she was persistent. And Jesus is telling the same thing. It's going to take a persistent woman to lay hold on these promises. Otherwise, the promises will remain empty. Unfulfilled. Without manifestation. It'll be a word without life. A letter that kills. That makes another dead church. Now, this is, this is a quote from the second coming, 1955. And, and I, want you to, I want you just to take this to heart right now. The gospel is not going out and teaching the Bible. That isn't the gospel. It is written in the scripture that the word didn't come through just the word only, but through the power and demonstrations of the Holy Spirit. The gospel, that is the word, but the letter killeth, the spirit giveth life. Now a seed laying here on the pulpit is just a seed until it dies and becomes germatized. It'll never do anything. So the seed, the word here has to be made manifest in order to be the gospel. Watch now. The seed, the word has to be made manifest in order to be the gospel. Word without manifestation is not the gospel. And remember, the gospel must be preached in all the world so the end can come. So therefore, it must be manifested. A word is the expression of a thought. It has to be a thought for it can be a word. So God in the beginning gave the thought of what it would be. He spoke the word for it to be. We, we receive the word and it produces what God thought it was. The word is the gospel in seed form. So now we have a seed, but no life in it. 
Well, there's life, but it's potential life. Right? Amen. It can only come when the water and the atmosphere produces the life. So again, it's gasoline without fire. Somebody, somebody found a, a, a wheat germ or wheat seed in one of the pyramids in Egypt, and I understood that they planted it and they got in the right atmosphere, and it, it, it made a, it came up and, and produced. But it laid there for thousands of years, thousands of years, lifeless, without life, without power. With, because it had no manifestation until it was, it come in the atmosphere and the water came upon it, which is the spirit, to germatize it and make it life. Now, Brother Brandon said, if you ask me in your country and they gave you, and they have acorn trees or oak trees, said, would you give me an, an oak tree and I give you an acorn? You have an oak tree, potentially, but it's in the seed form. You can't say you absolutely got a tree until the seed has produced a tree. Amen. Well, preaching the word is the acorn, but making it live is the gospel. Amen. That's right. If you promise the Holy Spirit, that's the word, and receiving the Holy Spirit is making it live, manifested. And if he promises blessings by the word, then accepting the word and producing what he said, what it said is the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And the very next line is proof that teaching of the word won't, wouldn't do it, that just teaching the word would not do it. Said, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast del- out devils, evil spirits, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink deadly things that would not harm them, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now that's the gospel. And theology and teaching has substituted that place. Now, if we're not careful, this is where we come to in this end time. Another group of people who substitute for the word, for the true gospel, theology and teaching. Now, but in all of this, There is a woman. Do you hear me? Prophesied in the scripture. Amen. That she is persistent to not have words that are unfulfilled words. To not have empty promises. Amen. And she'll go before the judge. Hallelujah. We know who the judge is. The supreme judge, the weak one, she will go before him and say, give me my mountain, give me my promise, give me my word, give me my healing, give me my deliverance, give us the Holy Ghost, give us young people that are filled with the Spirit, give us. And we're not giving up. We'll keep coming until we get it. We'll drive at it and drive at it and drive at it and drive at it. And knock and keep on knocking and ask and keep on asking and seek and keep on seeking until it's given to us. Not just satisfied with just becoming another denominational group. There is a woman 
Let me read about her and God of this evil age. But in obedience, this little faith woman that lives by faith, the bride, the person here, there, here, somewhere else, or out there, some of you are Tennessee and Virginia, and over in wherever you're at across the world, over in South Africa and Africa and Uganda or wherever you're at listening today, amen, or whether you're listening or not, if you're part of the bride, you're it. Amen, you are there, this person here, there, a little faith woman that lives by faith. Amen, believes the word of God, obedient, waiting in love for the promise of the age to be confirmed. She's watching for it. She's a part of that word. And she's watching for her life to manifest that word. Hallelujah, I believe there's a little faith woman in this building this morning. She's just like that. Amen, this one here, that one there, up back in the mezzanine, or up there in the back. Amen, a little faith woman. Amen, that is waiting in love for the promise of the age to be confirmed. Watching for it. She is part of that word and watching for her life to manifest that word. She's not satisfied with just empty promises. Brethren, can you see that? I hope that didn't go over you. And he tries it again, saying it this way. The body is waiting for, which is the word, waiting for the life, which is the spirit, to confirm or make it alive. And he said, that's what she's waiting for. No other life will work in her. She can't come to life any other way. She feels out that, that way, and she knows it's going to happen. And then it happens, and then she wakes up, and God said, let there be, and she come forth just like the first one come forth. So you see, there she is, waiting in love, looking, expecting. She hasn't given up. Amen. Listen, I haven't given up on a rapture. I've been preaching it 52 years now. Been expecting a lot longer than that. But I haven't given up on it. I haven't given up on being a part of it. Amen. To be alive and remain at the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I haven't given up on any divine promise. I'm waiting in love to see it manifest. But it isn't complacent waiting. I'm before the judge saying, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen. You opened up the seventh seal and and the, the, the mysteries have been revealed and the prayers of the saints released. Amen. That said, even so come Lord Jesus and you're bringing about the end time and I see it happening. Yes. Hallelujah. I see things happening. Yes. Amen. Even where we're at right now, you're chafing against it. You're worrying about it. And all of the attacks of the enemy and the COVID situation and the politics and the rottenness of our country, but it's all a part of the plan of God. Yes. But now, let me finish the quote. Because in this, you'll see you're either that little faith woman or you're children of disobedience. Children of rebellion. Because just as there is a woman that is persistent, there is a woman persisting and rejecting. Rejecting his headship. 
rejecting his authority, rejecting his power. She don't want him. She don't want his children. Because the only kind the word can bring forth. Oh, brother, I knew you'd go there. Yes, I did. I just did. The only kind the word can bring forth. Amen. Is those tongues speaking? Acts 238, blabbing, screaming, youngest. Hallelujah. Children that are born of the word. Not born of the church, but if they're born of the word, their spirit and truth with it. Children of disobedience. Disobedience means rebellion. Brother Branham said, I looked it up in the dictionary to be sure. Rebelling. Rebelling, guess what? The revealed word of God. Like Cain rebelled, rebelled against Abel's revealed revelation, vindicated of God that it was righteous, and Cain rebelled against it and slew his brother. If that spirit isn't there today, to fight against the moving of the Holy Ghost, the Pharisees with their own denominational knowledge of what the word was, selected hand-picked men, rebelled against the vindicated word of God made manifest for that day, Jesus Christ, and killed him. That's right. That's what the children of disobedience is, is a rebellion against the word of God. Now you see where there are old days of miracles is past. Jesus Christ is not the same yet. There's no such thing as the baptism of the Holy Ghost. All that stuff is nonsense. See, rebellion. They don't have to say two things, just have one. Just, just rebel on one. That's all. That's rebellion right there. They can't say you, have, you don't have eyes, you, you don't have ears. You've got to take the whole body, the whole word. And the Holy Spirit says, come out of her. Be not partakers of her denominational dogma as he laughs and scorns at the word of God of this day. For God is not mocked. Just remember, she'll get it. Don't be worried. She will get it. The Bible, Galatians 6, 7 through 9 said, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows that he will also reap. They can't mock and make fun and say these things and get by with it like a bread on the water. It'll return. But there has to come a woman. A little faith woman. It has to be. She's prophesied. And not one word of God will ever fall to the ground. Just as sure as Emmanuel came, a virgin conceived, even so the same promise applies to a bride in this end time. Watch now. There has been churches, churches, brides, brides, churches, brides, brides. But there's got to come one. Amen. There's got to come a real bride. There's got to be one that's not only got the mechanics, but the dynamics of it. Makes that church live, move in the power of his resurrection. And until we come to that place, until we find that place, what does it good do it good to polish the hubs? What good does it do to give her a facelift or a lift or a, a sunrise job when there's no dynamics in it? No matter how much the mechanics prove to be right, there's got to be a dynamics to make it work. And you don't have the message until you have the dynamics. Because without the dynamics, the message is only a theology. A lifeless word. Now, in the evidence 
of the resurrection, Brother Branham talks about the evening time. I like this because we named our church after the evening light, a tabernacle, a dwelling place for the evening light. So let me say this with humility. Let me say this with a broken voice, but with a broken heart too. It's evening time. The Bible said it'll be light in the evening time. There will be a day that it won't be neither day nor night or night or day. The prophet said it'll just be hearing the word with no manifestation. Hearing the word with no manifestation. Just a gloomy, foggy day. But in the evening time, the light will shine again. It'll be light. And this, in this evening time that we're now living where Christ through his ministers has preached the gospel for 2,000 years. But this is the evening light. And the evening light was the manifestation of the resurrection. Hallelujah. So isn't it something that right here in the middle where the king is being rejected like he was 2,000 years ago, there's a resurrection taking place? A resurrection first out of dark denominationalism and then a physical resurrection of the dead in Christ. Without manifestation, people are just in a fog of theology because there's no life to what they're preaching. It's not even the gospel. They turned the message into a dead creed. Now, I just want to say, that is not our problem. We have been hearing the word, we, we have been hearing the word with manifestation. The manifestation today, though, uh, among many, it is, uh, it is the real problem. There, there is no manifestation with the word that's being preached. The word is preached without manifestation. The manifestation of cleansing from sin is missing. Although they receive a knowledge of the truth, can quote the seals and tell you this and this Greek word, but they can't live right. Amen. They continue living in sin, blaming it on their flesh. Amen. As if the flesh is greater than the Holy Ghost. Don't blame your flesh. Blame your lack of experience. This is why men and women are still living in sin. It's because the flesh is not killed out. Amen. And and there they still have, they still have all these lusts of the flesh that are being manifested because there is no spirit of God in them to control it. So Brother Tim, we always have this flesh, you will. You do. It's always a problem. It is. It isn't converted. That's true. But you're converted. Amen. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Come on, church. Amen. Although they receive a knowledge of the truth, the manifestation of gifts and miracles is non-existent. Healing is almost non-existence. Tongues are scorned. Interpretation, prophecy, despised. Discernment of spirits, missing. Although the word has been taught, it's only theology unless the spirit is there to give it life. You see, the word does not profit unless it's mixed with faith. Amen. All, all of God doing what he did in this 
sending a prophet, giving us a message, is all without profit. Unless somebody mixes it with faith. Amen. It'll just be hearing the word with no manifestation. That's the reason for the fog and the gloom because of this. And that no one can see clearly, but let the evening light shine. It's the manifestation of the resurrection, a living God. So Brother Bradham said this, and it is the rising of the sun. Because I live, you shall live also, and I live in you in the works that I do. John 14, 12, the works I do, will identify myself in you. What a message. No wonder we've had a dark world of theology, but in the evening time, there shall come light again. There will be a resurrection in the evening time. It shall be light at the evening time. What does that mean? God will restore a church to faith again. Just like he did to Sarah, who never got it until she became persistent. Until she judged him faithful who had made the promise. Until the angel came with a visitation and turned her heart to believing. And that's what this message was to do. Turn your heart to believing. He had to get her believing before she could receive the seed. Until then, she's always believing it was for somebody else. Let Hagar take it. Give it to a bondswoman. Do it out here at denominations somewhere. You know, they can, but I can't. But God will restore a church. Now, one such woman in the Bible was Tamar. Yeah, you ever read the Bible? Some strange stories in the Bible. But they're more than strange stories. They're prophecies. In those days, a child was a woman's worth. It was her life. To not have children was considered a disgrace. In the Bible, we read of the the women that would use desperate measure to catch the seed. And remember, this woman, Tamar, is mentioned in the Bible, you know, when the light of Judah was about to be extinguished and the seed line for the king was about to be put out. Amen. The light of Judah was about to be put off, put out completely. And without that, there would be no king. And without that, there would be no Messiah. Hallelujah. But there is a faith that rises up in a woman. You may not think it's faith. I, I might not think it was faith. But something was moving on the inside of her. A drive. A passion. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and, and then right at the moment when the light of Judah was about to be put out. Here this woman rises up. Hallelujah. Somebody's got to catch the seed. Somebody's got to bring the life. Somebody's got to rise and believe. Or the son of Judah from whose lineage was to come to king. And the king Messiah died because of his wickedness. Leaving Tamar a widow. So she's given to her brother Onan to raise up seed. And he did wickedly and he died. And then Judah's younger brother was with, uh, or excuse me, uh, the uh, younger son was withheld from her. And if you read the story, she goes to great length. 
Amen. She, you talk about a woman persistent. Yes. Come on. Amen. Amen. You wonder sometimes what was driving her. Yes. There was prophecy to be fulfilled. Yes. Amen. It was more than a human desire. It was God's desire. Yes. Break forth that seed. Yes. Break forth that life. Yes. Can't you see what I'm talking about? Yes. Amen. It's more, it's more than human effort. Yes. It's more than men and women saying, well, I just want to be a part. I just want, and I'm going to try. I'm trying to put past my best effort. There was something supernatural moving upon Tamar. Yes. I've got to catch that seed. I've got to have that life. I know it's strange thinking to us in this day, but it's, it's exactly the way it was. Judas younger son had been withheld from her and she begins to devise a plan. She snares and traps Judah himself into giving her the seed. Amen. What was this passion within that woman or within the women of that time to bring forth? I've got to have more than empty promises. You, You gave me her as a husband but it was an empty promise. You, you gave me on it as a, as, a, as, a, as a promise, but it was an empty promise. Amen. So what did she do? She went to Judah and said, give me that seed. Amen. She actually had to go and, and, and become as a harlot and sit along beside the way after his wife had died. It looks crude. It even looks wicked. Amen. It crosses human mind and it's way out of your thinking. But there was something driving that woman. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what they call me. I don't care what I have to do. I've got to have that seed that the king has got to come for. And I'll tell you the same thing in our day and our hour, friend. They may want to call you a fanatic. They want to call you emotional. They want to say it's unscriptural. It is uncouth and it ain't right and everything else. But I'll tell you, there's a drive with the unabridged elect in this last day. I'll do whatever I can. Hallelujah. I'll snare him up along the way. I'll catch a hold of his garment. But he will come into me. I'm going to bring forth his life. Whatever it takes. I've got to have more than empty promises. I've got to have the life. I've got promises. I've got word. I've got a contract. I had a marriage. I have, I have the kinsman, redeemer, vows. I've got all of that. But I've got to have that life. There's another woman by the name of Rahab. Rahab in the Bible is a woman who received the message from the spies. She was as rotten to the core as she could be. Is that right? Young, beautiful woman, a heathen to start with. Prostitute on the street. Amen. You know, I wonder, wonder what in the world was driving this woman all this time. Again, it seems strange. It seems crude. But here's a woman, a a harlot. Could you imagine God did this? He sent his his messengers to a harlot. 
is where he sent her to. A harlot. A woman desirous. A woman with a drive. An ambition. And when she finally found these men there, she said, you know, she, she heard that God, he was not an idol that sat dumb. Amen. Or decoration of creeds, but you know, a, a lifeless God that we worship like Baptist and Methodist and Presbyterian, a crucified Savior. But there she, she wanted a God who lived among his people and anointed them with signs and wonders, followed them, and she had heard about it. She had dreamed about it. Oh, if there was some way to know that God, if there was some way to be a part of that people, if there was some way. A drive within this woman, an ambition. Joshua 2 and 9, she reveals her heart. She said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you that land. I know the Lord has given you the land. I know his promises are true. And your terror is falling upon us. Come on, church, quit thinking about this terrible old devil out here. Amen. The devil is recognizing, come on, he's recognizing the power in this bride and her terror has fallen upon him. Hallelujah. Amen. She said, you're making devils tremble. You're making them shake in their boots. You're, you're making them, they, they, they're shutting up the walls. They're afraid. They're scared of you. This is a whole different testimony than what they had of the 12 spies. Those other 10 said the giants are bigger than us. Here, you, now you're finding out what the devil's really thinking. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, this is what he's afraid of. He's afraid of that woman rising in faith. So he does everything he can to discourage her. To tell her, it's not for you. It's not the hour. You see, it's not the season for miracles. God doesn't do that anymore. All the while, the devil knows. Come on. Amen. Your terror is falling upon us. Amen. And that all the inhabitants of the land faint. Hey, we're devils are fainting because of you. You know why? Because you've got the gospel. And it's more than words. Because in my name you will cast out devils. Come on. You lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. We will, we will possess the land. Every bit of the land. Your terror has fallen upon us. And the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard that God still does miracles. That he healed a sciatic nerve last night. Amen. He put him a little baby's bones back together there. Didn't have, have to have rods in her arm last Monday. 
Amen. Come on. Amen. That he's healing those with COVID and sickness and diseases and troubles. Amen. And even those that lost their taste and smell gets them back because we're going to recover all. Hallelujah. Is there people in this hour that said we'll recover all? We're going to get our children back. We're going to get our wife. We'll get our husband. We'll get everything by promise. We will not leave a hope behind. Amen. But we have heard. The devils have heard how the faith rises in the people. So he wants to raise up Sam Ballots and other naysayers and saying, you can't build this wall. You can't restore this city. You can't bring us back to the city of our God. You'll never have a restored church. But I tell you, there's a word against you, Satan. It said, I will restore, saith the Lord. And there's a little faith woman, a little faith woman that believes that. Hallelujah. We've heard how the Lord heals cancer. We have heard, we have heard. The devil knows brain bleeds were stopped. Amen. We, the devil knows. Amen. The devil knows he had no power to take Sister Karen's life. The devil knows he didn't do it. Amen, but she was ushered to the other side. Hallelujah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen, the devil knows the truth of this. We have heard how the Lord drowned up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you come out of Egypt. What you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan. Shahan and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. We heard what you've done to devils before. We're, we're really afraid. And as soon as we heard these things, our heart did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man. Because of you, for the Lord your God, he is God in heaven and in earth, of heaven above and earth beneath. I've just come to realize this little woman, faith had come in her heart. I've got a revelation that, that Jehovah, are you with me? He is God in heaven above and the earth beneath. Hallelujah. Because of your God, because of your trust in him, because of your faith in him. Hallelujah. Amen. Our hearts have melted. Amen. There is no more courage in any of the devils. That's the way we ought to see him this morning. His red tail light headed over the hill going yonder way. Amen. Get on out of state. We don't need you here. Amen. We don't want you in this church. We don't want you in our homes. We don't want you in our lives. There is no room for the devil anymore. We're the sons of the living God. Are you with me, church? Can you say amen to that? Ruth, another Gentile. We was preaching about her the other day. Willing to leave her family. 
willing to leave her gods just to be a servant girl. Whatever she had to do to catch the seed of the king. Think about it. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Come on. Amen. The Moabites don't have, there's no list of Ruth in their heritage. She is, she is there in the lineage of Jesus, the King, the Messiah. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Amen. What was it there? She did everything necessary. I'll leave my land. I'll leave my homes. I'll leave my family. I'll leave my churches. I'll leave the dogmas behind. I'll leave everything behind. But whatever, let me go where there's a kinsman redeemer. Hallelujah. Let me find that Boaz. Let me find that one that can restore all. I want more than empty promises. The story of Hannah, a woman in travail of spirit who would not give up until she brought forth a prophet. Is that right? Amen. There, there she was year after year going up, a cry within her heart. She would not give up. She would not give up on the promise of a son. Uh, the promises cannot be turned to me empty. That's the way it's got to be for you with for your healing. Amen. The promise will not return into me empty. God will do what he said he would do. Come on, church. Amen. I believe that. I stood there actually at Hannah's tomb, not Hannah's tomb, but in Shiloh where Hannah prayed. And Hannah there where she prayed there for a son. I stood there with my son Timothy and my wife Karen and we, you know, a host of others. Sister Ruth was there. Different ones was all gathered there of our, our, our group. About 18, 19 people. Brother Donnie Reagan was with us, Sister Carol. Anyway, we were there. And there, my heart was so moved. So moved. So moved as I, I had been at the, had looked over the, the Sea of Galilee and And I watched as the sun rose. And I thought his mercies are new every morning. And the scripture began to come to me. And and then it it began to, as as I looked into the scripture, it said it would make the barren woman rejoice. Amen. And bring forth children. This is what's promised. In the rising of the sun. Somebody help me preach. It's the evening light. It's the time the fog is removed. It's the time of manifestation. There at Hannah's, Hannah, where Anna prayed at Shiloh, I prayed. They asked me to lead in prayer. I was so moved by that moment. Even the scriptures that I had read, and I, even the Psalms and the, it, would, it seemed like it would be taken right from Hannah's own prayer in that Psalms that I'd read. And now I'm hearing these words again. It's written on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a plaque. These whole words all over again. And I'm looking at them again. And my heart is moved. 
and they asked me to lead in prayer. And I prayed, oh God, for the barren among us to give life. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I called the name of Bethany who had been trying, trying, time after time, miscarriage after miscarriage. Was it four miscarriages? Five, the number of grace, a life. Hallelujah, a woman who wouldn't be discouraged at one miscarriage, or a second miscarriage, or a third miscarriage, or a fourth miscarriage. But she couldn't bring a child in her womb, and what happened? She had two beautiful boys, but there she was seeking, desiring life. I know it's promise. I know it's the word, and I'll not give up on it. And there I prayed for her as a barren womb. Hallelujah. And we got little Brooke here this morning as a trophy where God answered that prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We prayed for Candace. Amen. We asked God to give Candace a child. Amen. Right now, right here in just a few months in this year, she'll be bringing forth her firstborn. What is it? God answers the prayer of the desperate heart. Amen. My heart moved on it. Then I prayed. I prayed for Esther. And I say, I'll not give up on that promise. Hallelujah. I'll not give up on that promise. Amen. God gave us a promise and I'll not give up on it. It's our promise. It's our word. Hallelujah. And there's a little faith woman in this building that believes that. Hallelujah. But more than that, I pray for the barren souls. Souls that had never given birth. And I'll tell you, we see them come. And we'll see more come. And more come. Hallelujah. Because there is a the king hallelujah but I did more than that I prayed for the barren church hallelujah the barren church across the world amen the bride of Jesus Christ to bring forth Jesus Christ back to the earth again there's a people that have been given a promise to bring forth the king hallelujah and I'm a part of that people are you a part of that people Wait a little faith woman this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. And Hannah's prayer, she said, the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. 1 Samuel 2 and 10. Put it up there and let's all feast on it for a moment. And let's prophesy about 2022. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven, hallelujah, shall he thunder out of the heavens upon them. For the Lord will judge the ends of the earth and he will give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Hallelujah. Anoint the horn of his anointed. 
Don't you realize, friends, that the church ages there, the lamb's horns with seven horns with seven eyes, which represented the church. Let the horn of the Lord be anointed. Let the church be anointed. Let the bride of Christ be anointed with faith to accept the promise of God. Hallelujah. These are women of faith I've been preaching about. Let the musicians come. And I am speaking about the church, the bride of Christ, who the woman must have a passionate faith to bring forth the seed life of Christ. It's more to them than receiving the word. As far as doctrines go, they must have the life manifested. Hallelujah. They must have that life manifested. Maybe you can look at your life this morning and say, there's been some barrenness in my life. Oh, God, anoint me this morning. Anoint me, strangely anoint me. The way you strangely anointed these women of the past. Anoint this bride this morning. That ought to be the prayer of this church. Amen. Anoint us to bring forth the king. Brother Branham would say, our faith isn't right. We're hearing the message God has given us intellectually. Seeing the signs he showed us, proving it by the Bible is there. But oh, how the church needs to lay in his presence. Till it tenders up, you know, and gets sweet in the spirit so it can bathe down. Why don't you say, shine on me, Lord. Can you play that? Shine on me. Let the light from the lighthouse, let this evening light shine on me. This worship be my moment now. A barren church. We've been barren 2,000 years. We had a promise given. Promises got confirmed with signs and wonders. Voice out of heaven saying. Voice out of heaven saying. This message will forerun the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Pentecostals caught it in their meetings. They were the church then. Don't forget who they were. They were the church then. They were the bride of that time, of that era. And they caught the message. And through tongues and interpretation, they said, as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming. Your message will forerun the second coming. Look at it in your life today. Don't you want more than just a cold creed? Don't you want manifestation? The Holy Spirit is more than just a, an intellectual birth. It comes in power, great glory. Let him speak to you today. Let him reveal himself to you in revelation. More than just a knowledge. Satan will take the knowledge of the message, exalt it over the word. Over the revelation itself. To where it becomes greater to have it. Knowledge by intellectual rather than revelation supernaturally. 
but today ask him in your life Lord I want to see it manifested is there a barren soul here today that don't have Christ in there you know you need Jesus you know you need him but is there a drive down on the inside I will not give up I will not quit I'll seek and keep on seeking I'll ask and keep on asking I'll not just take a cold creed I'll not just take a I believe the message now I've got the Holy Ghost that's Baptist theology that's dead it'll cause you to be dead 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 but where the life of the Holy Spirit comes and anoints the word let it anoint you today in Jesus name raise your hands to him right now shine on me Lord shine on me let the light from the lighthouse shine oh God let the evening light bring manifestation Oh, shine on me. Shine on me. Let the light from the light have shine on me. Sing it again now. Shine on me. Hallelujah. why she felt the way she felt we can look back and we can understand we can understand what was happening we can understand why the strange movement the uncouth ways why was she that way what was moving on this woman how come she was so strangely moved why does the Bible even record it and we look back at it now thousands of years later 
And I look and I say, we are that woman. We don't care what it takes. We don't care the cost. We don't care how we have to get it. Amen. We don't care if we have to trap him into it, catch him by the garment. Doesn't matter what we got to do, we're going to get it. We're going to have everything God promised. We're going to bring forth the seed life. We're going to bring forth Christ to this age. We're not giving up. I'll tell you what, if you'll be that way about your healing this morning. Amen. God gave me a promise. It will not return into void. It will accomplish what he sent it forth to do. I accept my healing right now. Amen. Right now in the name of Jesus. Satan, you're afraid, you're scared, you're running. You're walled up in your city, you're holding up, but your walls are coming down because we're taking every promise. You can try to hold up the hold off divine healing from us, but we're having divine healing. We're going to be blessed in our job. We're going to be blessed in our home. We're going to be blessed in our church. We're going to be blessed children of the Lord because we are the inhabitants of this land. Hallelujah. The evening light has manifestation. Let it manifest in me, Lord. Amen. Shine on me. Now just let the light, let the evening light. Six. 